Uh, oh, geez. Sorry about that. Still getting the kinks worked out here at the annual Seidel Smith Sock Hop. Um, hey, everybody. It's, uh, it's just after eight o'clock. You're listening to uh, Kaleidotrope on 89.2 WFLUF, The Fluff. I'm your your host, Drew. Just, uh, just one host tonight and just... Drew. Nothing. Just Drew. Um, if you're only just joining us, we've had a bit of a, um, bit of a snafu, you might say. But um, now I'm here at the Seidelsmith Gymnasium and the sock hop is just about to get underway. Uh, sorry, hang on. Hal is... Right. It, Hal's instructing me to say that the sock hop is already underway. It started promptly at eight o'clock, and the fact that nobody is dancing to the Monster Mash currently is completely irrelevant to the existential question of whether the dance is or is not underway yet. Um, so, we've got a lot of fun things in store for you tonight so fun so much fun um so uh starting at 8 30 we're going to be giving away wfluf grab bags full of swag and surprises uh i feel like that's risky like like who wants a bag full of surprises who knows what that could be it could be like i don't know a snake or something uh Oh, Hal says I need to tell you that it's not a snake. It's it, it it's good surprises. Those are all good surprises. Lucky you who wins this grab bag full of guaranteed good surprises. And um, <clears throat> we've also got the raffle for our fantastic trio of special sock hot prize giveaways set up here at the booth, so you can stop by and enter to win. Also, just for the record, my phone is currently turned off. What? No, Hal, I'm not doing the whole advice thing tonight. But we had a whole structure. Harrison was supposed to announce. Yeah, I've noticed it's just me. That's why I'm not doing advice. I'm just going to do a highly professional broadcast of this super festive and enchanting dance. Uh, what, you think I'm going to completely bomb this? Just because I'm doing it alone and no longer have somebody around who actually cares that we're giving away a romantic dinner for two at Farinelli's or that we actually have balloons... Yay! Balloons. You can come over and make balloons for the dance as you enter a drawing for a romantic dinner or a whole night of free rides for two at the Stony Brook Carnival. Oh, but wait, there's more! You could even win a romantic getaway trip for two over spring break to sunny Daytona Beach because nothing says true love forever like copious amounts of alcohol and wet t-shirt contests. Ow! Sorry, how fine. You'll be staying right on the ocean in a romantic suite complete with a jacuzzi courtesy of our partner, Loveline, Stony Brook's very own travel and escort service. Really? It's a travel agency and an escort service. Of course it is. Of course, we can't have even one thing that's not connected to true love because this entire town is obsessed with romance. 
I mean, it's it's great that you have an all-in-one way to both hire an escort and whisk them away to a private island somewhere. <laughs> um, I guess our gangster boy toy C would be into this. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, come by the booth and snag some station balloons. Enter the drawing, get a grab bag. Wait, what? No, they don't. Fine. And say hi. I guess you can stop by and say hi, Al says. I mean, if you really feel like you need to come and say hi to me, which I don't really know where you would. And full disclosure, Harrison's not here, so don't 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 stop by hoping to talk to him because he's not he's not here. Who's in charge of the music at this thing? Is the music always this terrible? Just tell us what the Valentine says. No, I mean I. Can't. I, I didn't. brought it with you. We heard you. I know. I've got it. It's safe. It, but, I... but it's not my place to. I didn't. <sighs> I'm a journalist. All right. I'm supposed to observe and report the truth and be as accurate and objective as I can, no matter what. I'm. I'm. I'm trained to see Seidelsmith, to see all of this without the rose-coloured glasses. That's how I'm supposed to view it, even when when the rest of you can't. And as a journalist, I should be telling you all the truth. I know that. But I guess somewhere along the way, I, I drank the Seidelsmith Kool-Aid or something because I... doesn't matter it just doesn't matter what the valentine says doesn't matter what that's what i wanted harrison that's what i wanted everyone to you know what matters i'm going to tell you what matters my squirrel story no how stop no this is good people need to know this people should know this my squirrel story goes like this. It was raining. It had been raining forever. And I was outside in the rain with the squirrel because I was trying to watch people. I was trying to watch people and how they dealt with the rain, with this giant monsoon all over campus. Like, did they scurry through the rain? Did they stop and slosh through the puddles did they did they look miserable when their shoes got wet or or did they just grimace and soldier on or did they take their time and dawdle and laugh and look up at the sky and and i was sitting there trying to imagine who they were what i couldn't see only the rain was so furious and and cold and it was a bad day and everyone just looked so focused on where they were going and shivering and exhausted and sick of the weather and everyone i looked at i just thought what is what is the point we're all just bustling past each other and when we never even see each other and then i was sitting there trying to decide whether to pack it in and give up and suddenly the squirrel tried to eat my lunch right out of my sandwich bag like I left it sitting next to me on my bench and there was this squirrel just going for it and and I was so startled I just I just let the squirrel take off with half my sandwich and 
and then I, I went to chase it away and this squirrel it was a red squirrel not a gray squirrel the gray squirrels around here are kind of mean have you noticed but the, the red ones are pretty chill though the red squirrel just kind of stared back at me like what are you really going to do about it and and as we were looking at each other in the middle of all that rain i realized that this this goddamn squirrel was the was the only other living thing i'd had a connection with the entire day the only thing on campus i'd felt drawn to was the fucking squirrel that tried to eat my lunch and then i i tried to process that because because that's what i do only it, it was it was it was too big i felt like it was too i don't know too much too too hollow or overwhelming or something so so I gave up and went through the rest of my day and then I and then I met someone I met someone and he was it was like the rain hadn't touched him at all and he gave me cookies and he kept smiling at me and it was It was nice. And um, I went back to my apartment and I tried to make sense out of that whole day. And maybe, huh, maybe you'll remember what I said. In fact, you probably have it memorized, but, um, but I don't. So I have to read what I wrote. I turned off my phone, but I'm still carrying the notebook around with me. Um, Right, uh, here's what I said. There's a line from one of my favourite movies, one of those old movies my mum and I used to watch on TCM that goes, the time to make up your mind about people is never. It's not a particularly profound aphorism, or at least it isn't until you forget it, and I forgot it. Out there in all that rain, I forgot myself and I forgot about everyone else. For a moment, I became a pure cynic, a narcissist coasting on the fumes of my own depleted ego, frustrated because in the middle of my shitty day, I had run empty on human interaction. I forgot how to give and take positive things from all the people around me. I forgot how to be anything besides cold, wet, and bitter. But then I made a friend. If we're allowed to call people friends after a first meeting. I made a friend who surprised me. Someone whose optimism was like a shot directly to the veins. The thing about this particular meeting was that I'm used to people surprising me, but I'm not used to being the one who's seen through, at least not right away. I'm the one who's always watching everyone else. I wasn't used to being the one who was getting looked at. And I realized something that, I realized that it takes a special kind of person to look at someone who's trying hard to shield themselves off from the rest of the world the way I was that day and somehow decide not to pressure them to loosen up or else ignore them and leave them alone. It's rare that you find someone who will instead see that you've built a wall around yourself, some kind of personal tortoise shell who'll just let you be yourself let you hide there until you're ready to come out 
but they're out there. I met one of them and it made me want to poke my head out of my little shell and look around again. After all, the rain's finally stopped. And I have the feeling that we're going to be left with a lot of puddles to splash around in. Up till now, I've always been more of a puddle jumper, but I bet my new friend is a splasher. They seem like a splasher and, well, there's no fun splashing around in puddles by yourself. You said you wanted to know who wrote that, to know the person behind those words. It was me. I'm Cal. The first day we met, I ate lunch in the rain with a squirrel because I was trying to write something for the column and I couldn't tell you because I couldn't give away the secret. But now I don't, I don't really care about the column anymore. I mean, I mean, I do. I wrote the Humans of Seidelsmith column because I care about people and I want the best for everyone on this campus. And I was in love with how, how bright and full of possibility you all were. But, but then I met you, Harrison, and, and here are some of the quotes that I never put in the column. I don't even like Samoas. I just eat them because you're so damn delighted about it and I can't help myself. I don't even know. Maybe I'm starting to like Samoas at this point. I'm not even sure any longer. You make me feel seen like no one ever has. And you make me want to, to look every person in the eyes so maybe they can get even a tenth a tiny reflection of the connection I feel whenever you look at me. You make me consider things I've never thought about doing with anyone, ever. Like silly fun things, like how the other day when I was walking across the Arboretum, I started to fixate on the dandelions and I couldn't stop wondering if you'd ever play the dandelion game and I could just see you with the dandelion fluff all in your hair. And I, I closed my eyes and pictured you surrounded by this whole field of wishes we'd made together. And, and I wanted that. I wanted that so much. And the truth is, the truth is that I don't believe in Smith magic. You were right. I thought that made me smart cleverer than the rest of you wiser safer in my tortoise shell and then i met you and i don't believe in magic i believe in you you are magic harrison you're the only magic anyone could ever need and the way you believe in people and the way you look at life and the way you look at me you are the best magic. You are better than any dry, dusty story we were told about people who aren't around anymore. Because you're here. And you're real. And you're right now. And I don't want you because of some trope. I don't want you because of some pink and white valentine predestining us to be together. I want you because I want you. Because I need to believe that Everybody chooses each other. I need to believe that maybe somehow you might still choose me and, 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 and maybe that wouldn't be magic. At least not the type of magic you're talking about, but it would be, 
it, it would be magic to me to know that free of tropes and predestination and fate and soulmates, if, if none of that exists, if you, if you can do anything you want and be with anyone you want, if you could do that, and if you could still want me, that's, I can't think of anything more magical than that. Than having the power to choose and looking across at another person and thinking of every other possibility, you're the one I want. That's how I feel. And if that could be how you feel, then And I have paused the dance. I have literally stopped the dance. Okay, uh, that was not what I, I didn't intend for. Okay, so um, what we should do is probably like move on or, or something. We should probably do a, uh, a giveaway. I think we're giving stuff away, Hal, right? Hal? Hal is weeping, so I am apparently on my own, and I swear that I had notes somewhere here about exactly what I was supposed to Harrison! Hi! <coughs> I'm sorry. I was oh, running. I went for a run. I can see that. Do you need some water? No. No, I, I wasn't coming to the dance. And then people said I should turn on our show. I really think maybe you could use some water. You don't like Samoas? I, I don't like Samoas. Uh, I kept bringing them because they made you smile. It wasn't the Samoas making me smile. <laughs> True. Harrison. Move over. You're a mess. You're doing a terrible job with the giveaways. You were supposed to handle the giveaways. I know. I'm here now. Introduce us. Who are you tonight? I... I... I'm the person choosing you. I'm Harrison and I choose Drew. Not because of a trope, not because of a valentine, not because of magic. I just... Choose you for the most amazing reason of them all. I choose you because you're you. And you're so bright and funny and sweet. And you care so much about everybody that texts in and all those people on this campus who you want to choose happiness. And you see me. And I'd gotten so used to not being seen to just not being seen. I went to that open mic night, the night that Hal came, just because I wanted someone to see me. And the day I met you, the day I met you and you looked at me like you didn't know what to make of me, but 
you really couldn't wait to know more. That day you looked at me like that. I went home through the rain and I thought, I bet Drew would be great at the dandelion game. I choose you. Every Tuesday and every Thursday and every day in between. I choose you. You're listening to Kaleidotrope, and we are Drew and Harrison. (laughs) Hera Drew. No. (laughs) (laughs) I missed the first part of your speech to me. Can you redo it? (laughs) Also, no. Did you really think I would be great at the dandelion game? No. I just wanted to try to be as romantic as you were being. I have no idea what the hell the dandelion game even is. Wishing on dandelions. You never wished on dandelions. You. Uh, no. I didn't really grow up around fields. Really? You're a city person. You don't strike me as a city person. Small city. I'm from Rochester. Huh. I'm from Gloucestershire. Gloucester? Gloucestershire. Gloucester. Sure. Right. Gorgeous county. Very pastoral. That sounds lovely. You would love it. (laughs) I'm sure I would. I hope I get to see it. Someday. I mean. I have a feeling you will. You would probably hate Rochester. (laughs) No, I definitely wouldn't hate everything about Rochester. Wow. That was... Romantic? I could be (laughs) romantic. (laughs) That was a line. Listeners, you heard it too, right? No, I was just talking. And now you're blushing again. You always make me blush. I love making you blush. So, giveaways. Right. Um... There are swag bags around here somewhere, uh, and we are going to um, be giving them away just as soon as we find them. I think you knocked them off when you flew into the table. Collateral damage. Totally worth it. (laughs) Hi. Drew? Harrison? Hi! That's us. Hera Drew. Still not Hera Drew. Wow, it's... You guys look different than I was imagining. It's good, though. You look good together. You listen to the show? Yeah. I... Well, I'm Wendy. (gasps) Wendy? Library Wendy? Yeah, that's me. Wow! That's great! It's great to see you! Did you know we would have real-life guests? I think everyone's just here for the dance. Yeah. Lisa's here. She's out on the dance floor now. Oh, she didn't ask you to dance with her? It's not time for the rose dance. Maybe she's waiting till then. I don't think that's going to happen. She started flirting with Latte's barista, remember? Is that who she's dancing with? I think so. Are you okay? Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted you both to know. I think I'm fine. 
Really? Yeah. I think it was kind of a fun idea that we'd fall in love over this book and it'd be this super charming cliché. But in reality, we were both just really stressed out by our research projects. And after we tore the book apart, I realized I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm too stressed. And I think I'm kind of a boring person. I need to work more on making time for myself instead of holding up in the library every day. That sounds like a good resolution, except for one thing. What's that? You, Wendy, are not a boring person. Are you kidding? You turned your boring research work into an adventure. Your next adventure is just around the corner. Huh. Wow. Thanks, Harrison. Thanks, Drew. And thank me, I just sit next to him. <laughs> no, really, thanks, both of you. I'm gonna go find someone fun to dance with, I think. Even if that means dancing with myself. Good luck. Wendy. Who knew she had it in her? Maybe that's the Seidelsmith magic. The power of self-acceptance. Maybe. Are you okay? But I know you were disappointed about the way that trope turned out. Yeah. Is Latte okay? We should check in on Latte. Latte, if you're out there, buddy, let us know how you're doing. Harry Drew! It's not a thing. I thought you'd both be taller. We're sitting down. I thought Harrison would have a longer torso. I do! I'm just slouching. Here, I'll straighten up. Aha! I knew it! We're still exactly the same height while seated. Nope. Totally taller. Are you one of our tropers? Yes! I'm Rosa. A Rosa and Sabrina. Fake girlfriends going to the wedding together? Yes! Yes, of course, Rosa! It's so great to meet you. Drew, I just wanted to tell you that you were totally right about what a mess it made things to pretend to be dating. Well, I'm... I'm sorry to hear that, but yeah. No, no, don't apologize. My roommate's sister's wedding is back on, and she and I are still going to go together. As friends. No, as real girlfriends. Excellent. Who are pretending to be fake dating. Come again. It's great. We're so happy. We're going to be pretending to be fake dating the whole time we're there. But secretly, we'll already know that all our rampant sexual tension is totally not in our heads. So we can enjoy pretending to have all these agonizing, does she like me encounters while actually looking forward to the moments when we can fake pretend kiss, but really kiss. And so on. Huh. It's going to be great. We've already practiced the scene where our hands accidentally brush. And we both want to hold hands because it's what real girlfriends would do. But we don't know if it's what fake girlfriends would do. But we both want it so much we just can't help ourselves. And <sighs> yeah, you were so right. This is way better than faking it. I'm not sure what's happening. Oh! I have to run to get my rose before the rose dance. Bye. Good luck. Wow. Um... Can we? No.
Not even a little bit? No, not even a little bit will I fake date you. But it sounds like fun. It sounds complex. It sounds like a logic puzzle. A logic puzzle with sexual tension. I I would prefer a logic puzzle without sexual tension. See, that's a good line. Can we just real date for a little while before we try to fake date? Absolutely. Probably the best way to do it. The best way to fake date is to real date first. The best way to do anything is to real date first, probably. Are you going to want to role play every single trope? Mm, probably. This is going to be so interesting. You can't wait. Fine, I can't wait. You can't wait for the moment when we know each other well enough to fake date each other effectively. Yes, that moment. I can't wait for all the moments. This is so great. Listeners, is this the greatest sock hop of all time? Because it definitely is. Even with everything that happened in the library. Only some of what happened in the library matters. And mostly what matters from the library is the way you looked in that suit when I fell off the ladder and into your arms. (laughs) Okay. Blush. If you're playing along at home, drink. See, this is what I mean. This is the real Seidelsmith magic at work. The Drew Blush drinking game? No, not the... That's not a thing. Oh, that is definitely a thing. I'm making that a thing. Okay, but that's not the Seidelsmith magic. That's, That's all you. And you. It's both of us. It's Hera Drew. Also not a thing. You're just going to be blushing all the time now, aren't you? Is this radio show going to turn all our listeners into alcoholics? Focus, please. You say that like it's easy to do while you're blushing right next to me. But I'll try. What's the Seidelsmith magic? Not faking it? Exactly. Or, or, or knowing that you're faking it and choosing it. Whatever you call it, self-acceptance, not faking it, making a choice, the magic of it is leaving yourself open to the possibility. It's what you're so good at. It's why you're such a perfect fit for Seidelsmith. I... I... Well, don't act like you're not. You made such a fuss about not fitting in here when all along you were the biggest Seidelsmith romantic of all. That's an exaggeration. You're biased. I am not exaggerating that on a weekly basis you gave all of Seidelsmith reason to believe in hope for human connection and happiness. Okay, that's that's a huge overstatement. And you didn't tell anyone what we found in the library. I think, you know, I didn't do that for Seidelsmith. Yeah, you did. At least a little. Okay, maybe a little. But most of it was for me. Correct. Are you Herodrew? Yeah, we... Trusty Longworth. Hand it over. And what over? You know what. What's happening? What's happening is that I've just come from an emergency meeting of the Board of Trustees concerning whether to expel the two of you for flagrant theft of school property, blatant violation of school rules, and and vandalism. Flagrant and blatant are totally unnecessary adjectives in that sentence. We didn't steal school property, and we didn't violate any rules. 
You were very loud in the library, young man. We... Okay, fine. Not an expellable offense. People are loud in that library all the time. There's always OTPs having lovers' spats and lovers' not spats in the library. Drew and I were completely unnoticeable. Totally under the radar. You were doing some sort of thing with your phone. Live streaming. He was live streaming. Oh, true. I was doing that. There's nothing in the student handbook about live streaming from the library. You actually read the student handbook? Yes. Kind of hot. So, unless you have something you want to complain about, other than totally innocuous Facebook living. You... Is that thing on? The, the mic? It is a live radio broadcast, so... Yeah. Kill it. End the broadcast, cut the feed, whatever you do. I don't think you're allowed to... No problem. I'll kill the broadcast. Okay, you're all set. It's off? Of course. Now, what's this about us getting expelled? I have come from the trustees to demand you hand over the item you found in the library. You mean the Seidelsmith Valentine? <laughs> Please. Let's cut to the chase. You hand it over, and you won't be suspended. How do we know that what we found is what you want? What do you mean? He's right. If we hand over what we found, and it's not what you were expecting, you could accuse us of hiding whatever you were expecting. Doesn't seem much like a fair trade to me. Oh, for the love of... Look, you were looking for the Seidelsmith Valentine following directions left to you by a librarian. Dorothea. You kidnapped her from our studio. I'm sure she's fine. You're sure she's fine? What have you done to her? The point is that she had stolen school property and whatever she hid down there that was subsequently found by you belongs to Seidelsmith. False. She didn't steal anything. A construction worker found an object in the dirt and gave it to her. So whatever she found belonged to her. And if she did hide it for us to find, then I'd say finding it means it belongs to us. Finders keepers. Is that what your argument boils down to? It's legitimate. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Google it. This is outrageous. You have a duty to the student body of Seidelsmith, to the heritage and the legacy of Seidelsmith, to ensure that any historical artifact pertaining to the campus is turned over to the proper authorities. Why? So you can keep exploiting people like Dorothea? Like us? So you can keep using the Seidelsmith magic as a marketing gimmick? Oh, please. We all know exactly what you two found, which is exactly what Dorothea found, which is that there is no magic at Seidelsmith. A little louder for the audience at home. Kaleidotrope was created by Asia and Earl Grey T68. You can follow us on Twitter at Kaleidotrope Pod, on Tumblr at Kaleidotrope Podcast, or on our website at kaleidotropepodcast.com. Drew is played by James Evans, and Harrison is played by Matthew Menendez. If you like their work, please help us pay them by subscribing to Kaleidotrope on Patreon or by buying us coffee at ko-fi.com. All the money we raise through these channels goes directly to our actors. If you enjoy Kaleidotrope, tell a friend or make something cool of your own to keep the story going. We'd like to thank our guests for this episode, including Daniel, Io, Madison, Kimber, and Steph. 
as well as our Seidelsmith musicians, the Underscore Orchestra, and three anonymous jazz players from Cologne. And if you're looking for another audio drama to check out, we'd like to recommend Here Be Dragons, a paranormal deep sea mystery adventure. And now stay tuned for a special excerpt from our Patreon-only audio commentaries. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. And thanks so much for listening. It was a reveal for our actors, right, Matthew? It was for me, as we um, discovered in that <laughs> when you asked me about it. I was really shocked. I loved it, though. Like, I did not see it coming. And like I said, I could just be one of those really oblivious people. Um, but I, I think it was a really great surprise. I did not see it coming. <laughs> it was really exciting. I was told about it, and I felt so smug for the last week. <laughs> it was a secret that that was all mine. Um, although you definitely would have had to have told me. Because because you're I, mine. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen and it coming. Collide a trope.